Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. I'm Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And in this episode, we're so excited to have Katrin Skapertas back with us. Katrin is known for her expertise in podcast marketing and audience development. Today, we'll delve into effective strategies for audience engagement, discussing both the challenges and the successes for how to keep your audience coming back for more with best practices and strategic partnerships. Make sure to listen through to the end of this episode for podcast industry predictions that Katrin will share. Stay tuned, and here we go. I want to talk about audience engagement. So audience growth is huge, right? We want the audience to be there, but once we're there, once you've got the listeners, what are some strategies and methods you've used to measure and also boost audience engagement for podcasts? Yeah, of course. So starting with the measuring side of things. So right from the hosting platform is where I track KPIs such as downloads. And this is where I can see when I'm running a campaign, if there is a spike in downloads and make note of that success or see no spike at all and understand that that campaign is just not effective and then adjust for that. I also like to compare episode downloads to see how they're trending. This can actually tell me if one episode is outperforming the others from day one, and I can look at why that might be. I can also track if day one downloads are consistently going up, which means people are saving the podcast to their platform libraries and are loyal and listen to every episode, or if they're picking and choosing, maybe based off the guest or something else. I also like to look at follower count. So seeing who liked the episode, they heard enough to actually go and follow the show. So if we get an influx after a particular episode of a particular campaign, that helps me analyze the performance of that episode or campaign. I also look at completion rates. For example, if there's a drop-off between the main guest and the wrap-up, then production and I can work together to figure out how to get people listening all the way to the end, such as maybe ask the main guest a question where the answer will be revealed only at the very end after the wrap-up or offer something at the very end in general. It's important to look at all available tools and gain insight to as much information as you can. So audience demographic, listening habits, engagement patterns, downloads, unique listeners, et cetera, et cetera, even social media. And these things will help you identify the trends to retain audience optimizing content and the growth strategies to grow your listenership, but also retain listenership, as you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And that's super important. Obviously for downloads, Podbean, we have amazing analytics and it's something where doing that deep dive really does make a difference. It really does help you understand how your downloads are increasing, which episodes are doing well, and really how you can and where you can put more energy and focus into your show as well. So that's a really important aspect. In terms of audience development, what have you found to be one of the most challenging aspects in terms of growing an audience and what do you recommend to overcome it? So one of the most challenging aspects I have found is keeping up with the ever-changing industry 
and not just the podcast industry, but the media industry, the social media industry, the tech industry, all of the new AI tools, trying to just stay up to date on everything. So I tackle this by setting up some time each day to go through all the industry news. I dive deeper on the things that are timely and more pressing. I bookmark articles that are important, but not pressing. I can come back to them at a later time. I do things like if I'm unable to read, maybe I'm not at my computer or I'm at the gym, I listen to a podcast about the industry news. Or when I'm able to sit at my computer, I go through various newsletters. So really just setting aside time each day to keep up with the industry. Also outsourcing. So I've learned that hiring and training the right people to own particular aspects of audience development strategies is really helpful. So for example, I believe that social media management is a full-time job. Therefore, in order to have a highly successful social media account or multiple, it's worth it to hire someone dedicated to keeping up with platform changes and trends and the new apps to join. So outsourcing. And this is not to say that I won't also make sure I'm staying up to date myself with the things that I've outsourced, but I can trust that someone is dedicated to that. And then maybe I can dedicate more of my time to something like my platform partnerships. Another challenging aspect is budget. I've worked with large companies. I've worked with small companies. I've also worked with independent podcasters. And when you have a big budget, you might have the freedom to experiment. You can make quicker decisions that may pay your way to getting the podcast in front of new listeners or retain listenership. But there's a more challenging aspect of podcast audience development for the networks that, for example, only have one active podcast and a very small budget or an independent podcast with no paid marketing budget at all. And the first thing I do to tackle this is barter. So this is a strategy that we talked about earlier, things like cross promotion, and we can do this regardless of budget and you can really get creative. So maybe you just started your podcast and you don't have enough impressions to swap. Do you have another channel that you can use to get space on podcasts? Do you have a social media account, a newsletter, or do you have skills that you have that you can barter? So finding ways to make these trades to get yourself in front of listeners, pitching yourself to newsletters, to publications, to podcasts, to be a guest, this is something that you can do for free. So what I suggest is start introducing yourself to people who write newsletters and articles that feature podcasts, create a relationship, and then when the time is right, pitch your podcast for a feature. Also, if you have a small budget, think about how your money can go far. So for example, while I cannot take credit for this idea, this example mm. is one of my favorites to give, and I believe it was from the founder of Noiser. When the network first got started, they found that a Twitch channel had a similar audience demo to their podcast. While this wasn't my setup, so I don't have all of the details, the Twitch player, maybe they were new, but they were willing to accept a small fee to promote the podcast. So just $100 for a personal endorsement telling his viewers to check this podcast out. And this really worked. That community trusted the player and it was a matching demo and it got the podcast a noticeable amount of new listeners. So my suggestion here is look out for those micro influencers out there on all sorts of platforms, people who have the ears of an audience that match yours and find them because they could make your small budget. If you have a small budget, go much further. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a great example. Micro influencers are really the people that are 
at the very apex of your niche, right? They're the people that are going to advocate and be in your community that is the most your community, right? We talk about this a lot where you want to hone in on your niche. And when you find that niche and you dig in, the people who are already there are also sometimes going to be your biggest advocates. I think that that's a great example. And I want to wrap up and talk lastly about emerging trends in podcast marketing and audience development. So what have you seen at the forefront of what's helping podcasts and networks grow their audiences and in terms of that podcast marketing? Sure. So the first to mention is video. I know that this is apparent already, but I think that all podcast marketers that represent podcasts, especially when it's a podcast that is not theirs and they work with the producers and the hosts, it's important to see how you can incorporate video, even if the podcast is not necessarily recorded as a video podcast. For example, you can start recording the interviews on video and then just use clips. If you're not ready to publish full episodes yet, use clips for promotion on social media. You can also set up a smartphone to record the host from a side angle and get some behind the scenes of the recording. I think we'll see more video incorporated into the major podcast platforms. Specifically, I think that we'll see podcast cover art go from static images to GIFs or video clips, similar to how TikTok profiles let you add either a profile image or a profile video. I predict that browse pages of Apple Podcasts and Spotify will highlight video podcasts on the app and there will be video previews. So really, video is definitely something that is an emerging trend. Another emerging trend to pay attention to is the use of AI in podcasting. The part of artificial intelligence that I'm most excited about is the translation features coming to the podcast apps. So just as Spotify is doing now with pilot episodes, taking podcast episodes originally recorded in English, and now they're available in other languages while keeping the speaker's distinctive speech characteristics. I look forward to being able to listen to any podcast from any country, even if I don't speak the language. Yeah, absolutely. And while I know there are other things to consider there with competition in smaller markets, as someone who is actively learning Italian right now and who works across two continents, I love the idea that any creator's work of art, their podcast can be appreciated by people from around the world without spending thousands in translation costs to redo the podcast in different languages. And as it relates to marketing and audience development, this will move us marketers and audience developers to pay more attention to who our podcast is attracting worldwide. So developing global marketing tactics that can reach all corners of the globe where language is not a barrier to entry anymore. And lastly, there's live podcasting. So we've already seen a lot of shows that do special live episodes, whether that be at podcast industry events or their own events. But the idea that more and more people are actually choosing to live record their podcasts, even virtually, is one that I believe marketers should keep in mind. If you or if you represent a podcast, if the host is able to navigate this type of recording, it could be a great tool to foster community and differentiate yourself from other podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wild world out there. And I think those are some great predictions. It's just been such a pleasure. So today we're joined by Katrin Scopertas and we've talked all about audience engagement and, and really how to build your audience, whether you're an indie podcaster or a brand. And it's just been so amazing to have you join us. Thanks again. Thanks Norma for having me. 
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting.